0: Hello, welcome to Dying to Talk. I'm Buddy Feneff, a fourth generation funeral director in New Hampshire and the owner of Feneff Funeral Homes and Crematorium and the founder of the Cremation Society of New Hampshire. My co-hosts today are Mandy Damaris and Madison Smith, both longtime funeral directors with our firm.
1: Hello, I'm Mandy. Thanks for joining us on Dying to Talk. Hi,
0: I'm Madison. We're excited to discuss some frequently asked questions about the funeral industry. Dying to Talk is a lighthearted and upbeat discussion of those topics no one really wants to talk about. Each episode, we will choose a subject that is related to funeral service, the cremation process, or death and dying. We're going to be talking about caskets, Um, the future trends of caskets, what's what's new in the industry, what's old in the industry. Um, Our guest this morning is Stephen Lewis, who owns and operates Solomon Casket Company. In Rhode Island, one of the largest independent casket distributors in the country. And as we'll find out, one of the few remaining family-owned casket firms in the United States. So ladies, we sell caskets all the time. um, But there's still a lot of things that we don't know about the industry. Um, We're going to talk about um, cremation rates and what's happening and and sort of the, the future of caskets. Obviously, caskets aren't going away. Um, but just like funeral customs and traditions are changing, I'm sure there's changing in that industry. There's changing in our industry. Good morning, Steve. Welcome to Dying to Talk. Good morning, buddy. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming up this morning. So let's talk about um, let's talk about the casket industry. What's going on? How is how is cremation affecting? I know it's certainly affecting the funeral industry. We've had to make some pretty significant changes. It's caused a number of funeral homes to close up that haven't been able to adapt, and so I'm assuming
1: some of the same things in in your industry. The industry's changed a lot since I joined the company uh, in 1984. At that time, the industry had probably less than 10% cremation, and uh, being in the Northeast, we figured that we would be um, pretty much uh, not worried about cremation as much, because uh, New England was predominantly a Catholic area, and that's the population that we mostly served. And at that time, the church was not really uh, in favor of cremation. So we assumed uh, wrongly that um, (laughs) cremation would come, but not uh, be the significant factor that it is today. As
0: many funeral homes that were, I noticed these were in business, where they thought cremation was a fad, a trend, and we don't have to Worry about it. and I think there's I, still some holdouts. There are still some yeah. holdouts <laughs> thinking that cremation is going to go away. So.
1: There, there are. There are yeah. a lot of people that have uh, in their little pockets uh, where there is not as much cremation. Yeah. And they think that the uh, funeral directors, are, they're, they're somehow special and that they know how to yeah. handle their families differently mm. or yeah. that the families yeah. in their communities uh, think differently. So how
0: has that affected the cask industry? I mean, in our case, we can certainly...
1: Offer cremation.
0: Offer cremation or offer modified services, but casket industry sells
1: caskets. Well, probably in the 40s, there were probably 600 casket companies nationwide. Today, There are um, probably somewhere in the 100 to 150 range, um, anywhere from the two largest firms that represent probably 60 to 70% of the business. um, And then the rest, uh, the remaining 30 to 40% is split up between the, the... the next group of companies, ourselves being probably in the top 10 in the nation, Um, but we're still relatively a, a small small family-owned business. So, so it's had a huge impact. A lot of doors have closed. It has right. changed a lot. And mm-hmm. it's changed a lot. It, uh, the consolidation has affected mm-hmm. our end of the business probably more so than the funeral end of, end of the uh, business. There, uh,
0: Although they were at one point there were 25,000 funeral homes in this country, so way more funeral homes than, than need be.
1: So. Mm. Right, and yeah. I don't know what the number is today, but I'd say it's, probably it's 20,000, 20, right. 21
0: maybe. You hear right. different numbers. So. Right. And your industry is actually very similar to, to the funeral industry. Although it's all sort of the whole same death care is that um, industry is dominated by one or two very large publicly owned right. casket manufacturers and suppliers. Same with our industry, them. Um, um, although not, you said around sixty percent or so. They um, the major casket. I would say company. in that in that
1: range. Yes. Yeah. In
0: our case, um, about thirty percent of all the deaths in the United States are owned. Or, I'm sorry, are served by one of the publicly owned corporations and funeral service. So um, interesting, you know, sort of the same.
1: They so had an a huge industry. impact and growth, uh, probably 60s, 70s, 80s. Mm-hmm. But in the last 10 or 15 years, the, the largest companies, the two largest, their share of the overall market has probably not increased. Right. Because the um, uh, with importing and, and different other factors that have come into the industry, uh, independent distributors and, and people like ourselves have actually increased our share um, overall of what the remaining... Um, Piece of the casket industry is anyway.
0: I know what I mean with families, uh, a main concern of theirs is they don't want something standard that everyone else has. Mm -hmm. What are some ways that you can personalize caskets?
1: Um, there have been a lot of changes in that personalization. They're not as customized as they probably were 40 or 50 years ago, where you couldn't really come into a funeral home and design your own interior. Um, you know, that cost would be crazy today and people wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't be practical but we do have um, insert uh, cap panels that would go in the back where people can have uh, their own sayings their own photographs um, or all those uh, kinds of things um, uh, done uh, on a graphic arts uh, computer and then printed out on a large laser printer so we offer those kinds of services we also have uh, engraving where you can engrave the lids of the caskets so you can customize uh, you know, you can put names and dates or religious items. Is that or a metal or a wood casket? Metal a- or wood caskets. Oh, nice. Uh, so we, we, as a company, um, we're the only company that has a laser engraving machine in their uh, facility in the, in New England.
0: So if right. someone wants to inscribe "loving mom" with a rose on the lid of the casket right. or the panel, you can you can they do that can do and that. turn it around
1: pretty quickly. The, we can. The national companies do have the service, but their their equipment is not in this area so if there was a you know there's sometimes maybe a concern of getting something to someone's service on time but we as a company have made the investment mm-hmm. to have that uh, available for our customers in this region That's is the option still there for people who really want their casket tricked out <laughs> uh, do you have that ability like or? you want
0: the kiss casket yeah, or you the nascar casket show, or, ride. yeah
1: you, can, you know Put we, 40s on your casket or whatever? We, we, have, we can do certain things uh, with uh, uh, um, decals that can go mm-hmm. onto certain mm-hmm. caskets, and we've made some custom decals. I think we made some for your firm here right. before with some Harley-Davidson labels mm-hmm. or so things like that. Um, we've done some other special things like that. But in general, um, it doesn't happen as often as people might think. People mm-hmm. want something, but when the time actually comes, a lot of times they don't want to get that's that yeah. yeah, that involved. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as making special interior changes, we, we can do some of that, um, but a lot of times the cost it's a, those are all highly labor intensive mm-hmm. things, and you know when you start to mention sometimes four or five hundred dollar costs, people change and will mm-hmm. typically go something more standard. Um, but it's available for the few people that do. We've had I've had uh, a casket painted to look like a school bus. Oh, took the was the cool. gentleman a school bus driver? I was a lady school bus really? driver, um, and they yeah. did that. No, it he was a dentist. <laughs> um, we've had caskets where we've had them custom painted. Well, you know, somebody wants a completely black casket. Okay. Um, so we've we've done some unusual things. They don't happen uh, very often. Too, very too often. often. The oh. best one
0: was the, and the way they controlled the the flow through the way because they had the little stop sign,
1: sign come yeah. go back. <laughs> there's and there's a, the yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> a lot of things have been done. Yeah. Let's <laughs> let's cool. just say that it's just not as you know as a as a business function. Um, we try to keep things you know reasonably economical. You know, I think um, our, our slant on on things is people want visual value. Right, um, that's what they're looking for. They want something that they feel that will suit the need and make them feel that they've done right by their loved one.
0: Because the reality is, they're going to be viewing the casket for, you know. Couple yeah. hours maybe yeah.
1: it, it's a business but yeah we, i try to look at things um, from a practical right. point mm-hmm. you know we, we've been in business since 1908 and there's a reason why we're one of the surviving companies in the industry we, we uh,
0: beat you by two years but but <laughs> <by> multiple <laughs> but four generations is pretty
1: pretty good <laughs> right.
0: in either In either exactly. so we talked about you know cremation really having a significant impact on the funeral industry and the casket industry one of the other things, um, and it hasn't had a huge impact on, on us, but I'm wondering how it has on you, is that uh, the Federal Trade Commission, which is one of the regulatory agencies that regulates funeral service, um, now requires that, or has for a number of years, that funeral homes allow families to bring in their own caskets. And funeral homes used to charge a casket handling fee that's no longer required. So, and now you just go online, people buy caskets online quite frequently. Um, I, we have a couple experiences with that, but what's, what's your, um, it tends to be more geographic. I know it's not a big New England thing, but I have friends that own, uh, funeral homes on the West coast and it seems like one out of, you know, one out of four families are bringing in their own caskets or buying them online.
1: Well, it's not at all that common in, in the Northeast. We have not run into it. I would say it's less than 1% of the market. Hmm. Um, you know, I think that maybe because the Northeast is more competitive, um, that uh, the funeral homes, you know, they have a lot of choices of what funeral home to go to, and the funeral homes have choices of where to buy their caskets. Um, that uh, I don't think that there's the economic benefit uh, for the people to buy the caskets online as much in this area. I mean, I, it's any number of, of things that I would say. Well, when you go to the, you go to some of the websites and they promote, and again, you know,
0: at the end of the day, you know, we're serving 2,200 families. I'm not going to retire a year early if you do or don't buy the casket from one of our firms. You want to do what's in the best interest of the families. But um, this happened, me personally, about four months ago. It was a a person who purchased a casket online, and they saved about $300. I mean, which for this family, it was a big deal. I don't want to say $300. um, And the casket was delivered to one of the airports, and she asked us to pick up the casket and I said, yep, it's $250 for us to send two of our folks out on a Sunday to pick up the casket and bring it back. And she said, well, I only, if I pay you 250 and I save $300, i am not saving you any money, really. And I said, exactly. If I didn't have to pay delivery for any of my caskets, I could take off $300 for every casket. So, I mean, there's... There's no such thing as Santa Claus. So you're, you're you're giving up something to get something, and the reality is, yes, you can probably save some some money, but it's not thousands and thousands of dollars like people tend to think in, that they can buy
1: online. In general, our position is is we we are a business to business company. We don't sell the public. We, we only sell funeral homes. So we would be supportive of our customers. Right. Um, I would only suggest to the, the to the funeral homes, uh, to the to the public that they would call their funeral home. Uh, as well, if they want to double check a price, I think most funeral homes, um, if they don't have something on their price list in general, they probably would have access to something where they could probably provide a casket of similar uh, quality or if not better quality. Um, for the and same, get it sooner. For, for, and get it sooner for the <clears throat> same price and not have the family at risk for um, you know, having a casket show up from a source of supply that it's, uh, you know, they'll figure they'll never uh, deal with it. again the funeral director. Would likely want to make sure that the product is of uh, good quality because they want to serve your family and the people of that community again and again. And that's so, absolutely true. I mean, you folks, a number, on a number of occasions, somebody's wanted a casket that we don't necessarily carry, and all I've had to do is call you up and say, "Hey, do you have something like this?" And you're very accommodating. So, um, it, they don't necessarily have to go elsewhere. Online might be a good place to get information, right? Um, an idea, as we, we, we all shop online today. Mm-hmm but uh you know knowing what you're getting on the other end you know a casket is something that people don't have a lot of knowledge about
0: and it's um, a tactile experience i mean this is your family members is going to be here you want to look at it and touch the interior and, and you've never probably bought
1: one before you've made uh, you know have very little knowledge Not a frequent of it and, purchase, and, it, and, it, and yeah. it's and it's good to um, use the advice of someone who uh, wants to serve you again and again. A, a casket company online figures they'll never mm-hmm. be hearing from you again, and they're, they're looking for the one-shot uh, situation. And as a casket company deal with funeral directors, we have to make sure that we provide you people with good quality products because we're looking to have repeat mm-hmm. business, and the funeral home is serving the same people in that community. So, you know, uh, we all have a vested interest in doing our jobs properly.
0: So caskets are made of wood. The made of metal. Um, what are most people? What are you selling most to, to funeral home? Most people are getting wood caskets, metal. Is it? Is it geographic? It depends. I know you cover a it large is, portion of the Northeast.
1: It's, it's geographic uh, as a country. Uh, metals are probably sixty to seventy percent of the market, and I think woods are somewhere less than twenty percent. Really, um, wooden cloth uh, being the other uh, category, or mm-hmm. some other items. But in the Northeast, where we primarily serve wood is probably 35 to 40 percent of the business and it's just uh, that it's just been a traditional thing i think uh, in new england uh, uh and in New Hampshire, that people are uh, generally speaking more wood oriented. And-
0: we're about fifty. I mean, I looked at our last years because we look at our obviously different sales and different aspects of what we're offering. It's 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 about fifty fifty. But I go back twenty years ago, and predominantly it was more metal cast But people tend to be um, selecting wood. I think a little bit more. I don't know, a little warmer maybe? As a warmer feeling. um,
1: Wood generally, you can really notice the difference as you pay more or less. Mm -hmm. Also, the time when people sometimes they'll buy, you find people at the, uh, when they're looking uh, for more economical choice, a lot of times they'll look at metal because it's harder to distinguish uh, the value. Uh, from a visual standpoint, from looking at one male to another, but most people have familiarity with species of woods. They'll know what mahogany is. They'll know what cherry is.
0: Mom They're... had cherry furniture in the house. No kitchen cabinets. Cherry. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know mm-hmm.
1: things like that. So people have a little knowledge coming in, and so they can relate to it more.
0: What are some greener, eco-friendly casket options that people can can get through you?
1: Uh, we do. We have had some. Uh, we had a, an eco. Product line, a green product line, uh, group of caskets, uh, and it had really almost um, no uh, interest from the public. Yeah, uh, there aren't. <laughs> yeah, there is very little. Manny's
0: a big eco
1: funeral. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm a there big, are I'm There person. are very few green cemeteries mm-hmm. in the Northeast. That's 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 and, the main issue. And the cost uh, to to have a green burial. I think people, when they actually would delve into it, they would find that it would be more expensive than any other kind of funeral. We, we, we tell families that that green ones. does not mean inexpensive. No, it does not. It does not. Um, but if you know, um, we offer a full line of uh, Jewish Orthodox caskets, and if you, if you choose not to put a star on it, a Jewish star on the casket, it is a green friendly casket. It is that you? You we have a uh, we we sell an awful lot of those. And uh, that is a, a good economical way to, to buy a green-friendly casket because those caskets are economic, economically uh, produced yeah. and so,
0: sold. Um, so casket is a, is a distributor. You don't actually manufacture the caskets. So where where are you getting your caskets from? Where do they come, you know, the range of, because you offer, I, I don't remember your portfolio, but you offer several hundred caskets. So they're not, must we, be, have,
1: we have about 400, 400. about 400 different styles of caskets. Uh, We source caskets from about 16 different manufacturers from uh, different parts from the United States to Canada to Mexico. And in the last five years, we've also imported caskets from China. Um, That is always what our company has always been from my great grandfather's day Mm -hmm. uh, forward. We've only always been a distributor. We've never been a manufacturer um, I think it's part of the reason why we've been able to remain competitive and in the business, uh, being a distributor. Um, we can sort of cherry pick the product that's made around the world, bring it all into uh, our warehouses. You know, we have one a warehouse right here in Manchester and uh, make that uh, convenient and economic choice for, for, um, to, for a funeral director to have um, and the families that they serve to have a, a huge variety. Uh, in the least expensive manner. So
0: that that seems counterintuitive to me, where someone manufactures a casket in China, brings it, you know, three thousand miles across on a on a barge or whatever the types of container ships that are brought here. I'm not very nautical, so I use the wrong term. Um, and the casket ends up being at a better price point from a from a wholesale standpoint,
1: and thus at a retail. I mean, what's You know, I can only say this, that, uh, you know, um, we were, as an industry, we were very, very late to this uh, importing uh, game. Right. Uh, Certainly, uh, Walmart has proved that um, we're probably 80% or 90% of their products uh, come that way. That's true. And uh, all of our clothing and all of our uh, computer electronics, and we certainly wouldn't have... A computer in every one of our kids bedrooms and in every college campus if, if they weren't purchased overseas if everything were done in the United States with the way things are today um, you know we wouldn't have those conveniences obviously as a company we would uh, like most people in the United States we prefer to have everything in the United made in the United States right Just not um, all, state thing, all things being equal that's what we would would choose Um but uh, in order to remain competitive, our industry, when some of the large uh, national manufacturers started uh, moving some of their things overseas and making them overseas in order to be competitive, we have had to do the same. So we I, maintain relationships. I, just
0: to- here in New Hampshire, there was ways. one of the one of the public um, casket companies had a manufacturing facility right in Nashua. And about 10 years ago, they closed that and they, they moved that facility to somewhere in Mexico for, you know. For those economic reasons, for the, for so the so I mean, we're the, the casket industry is not immune to all the economic impacts of what's happening throughout the world and the global economy is is um,
1: you know we, we have to stay up with things just right. like everybody else, I, 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 you know. Unfortunately, in order to remain competitive and to give the the families you serve and our customers um, that visual value that there everybody seems to want, uh, this is what uh, this is what it takes. So. <laughs>
0: With so much competition and the changing market, what other products are you offering, um, as far as memorial products okay. outside of caskets? Uh, uh, in
1: 1999, we started a division called Memorial Products, um, and that does um, we we produce um, portraits and collages and. Uh, what we call casket inserts; these are the things that go into the backs in uh, the head cap of the casket. I'm not sure if everyone. In so, if general you want to, if is. you want a
0: picture of your mom in the back of the casket, or or a fishing scene, or something inscribed, military, military are emblem, popular. that stuff that you so right. you, don't, you do someone, that right on site, or,
1: right. Or if someone was to have a, an urn in the cremation and not have a casket, mm-hmm. you know, then we'll provide a portrait or a collage or something that's permanent for the family to have. We also produce. Um, Uh, prayer cards or tribute cards we call them with uh, you know i think more people are seeing them with that are laminated nicer cards with uh, a picture of a of the of the deceased or or hit their picture of the company, or whatever represented that person's life, uh, because people are looking for other ways to have keepsakes and things. Well, especially with
0: cremation, I mean, with- for many people, the the takeaway is the little memorial card and the online obituary. They're not people aren't having services and um, as as frequently, and it's it's almost like a virtual ceremony in some cases, and they can get. Yeah, so we we, the- we
1: started this and we you know we started doing video tributes and things mm-hmm. like this and this was all started in 1999 and we were one of the first people. So you were in the progressive industry. in that. We were very progressive yeah. and um, it was very challenging for us. We initially started with the funeral homes would gather photos from the families and FedEx them to us because the speed of the internet and scanning it would take us literally three hours to scan the photos necessary to produce a video, and so that most people would rather th- put them in a. Uh, in an envelope and FedEx into them and we FedEx those back to them. So to uh, a little it was bit. a 24 to a 48 hour service. Oh wow.
0: Um I think we have time for one more question. I know, Mandy, you have a one parting question for Steve.
1: Um yeah. Where do you see the casket industry in about 20 years? Well, our we are it's a survival of the fittest game. <laughs> uh that's where that's how we see it. So um we at one time there were probably 30 or 40 companies in new england and we might have been in the bottom 10 uh, companies uh, at this point we're a solid number three uh, after the two largest uh, national companies and being a family-owned firm so we feel as though um, as as long as we continue to offer the the value to our customers that will be a remaining uh Player, um, There are probably 15 or so firms that we still compete with. I'm sure there will not be 15. There might be only three left in the end. I don't know. But um, we feel as though even if there was an 80% cremation rate, that uh, as long as we... Um, There's always going to be a need for caskets. We feel there'll be a need for caskets. And we also have, uh, you know, we were at one time, we had one warehouse in Rhode Island... And today we service uh, from six warehouses from Maine to Pennsylvania. And uh, you know, we we continue to expand our territory and that's 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 our that's our game plan. Great.
0: All right. Well much success. Thank you for joining us on another informative episode of Dying to Talk. I definitely learned a lot. If our listeners have any questions about funerals or cremations, either in New Hampshire or Vermont, I'm happy to answer them. Just email me at buddy at finef.net. That's buddy at p-h a-n-e-u-f dot net or call me on my direct line at 603-625-5778. Our contact information is in the show notes of this episode too.